Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi line as we welcome you in here on MLK Day and we close out wildcard weekend. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. We head out to Jersey and we say hi to Michael Lombardi. Hey, Michael. Hi, Patrick. How are you today, huh? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm doing well. You know, the winter storm missed us, but it got a lot of people on the East Coast. Hopefully everybody's safe, healthy, you know, dealing with it and uh, we move on. The, well, that was a weekend. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was certainly a weekend when it came to football. We'll get into uh, how it all played out as far as ATS and everything. But let's let's go ahead and just start. I know you got, got on Follow the Money earlier today, but we got to start with the Cowboy game. And just as you're watching, now the end of the game is going to be discussed ad nauseum, but that was going to be probability-wise, not necessarily a big shot to win the game. Uh, leading into what we saw towards the end, what were your thoughts about what was happening and transpiring with the Cowboys? I mean, the whole game, I'm wondering, you know, I was I'm watching the game, you know, this, this mythology that Kellen Moore's the greatest offensive coach in the history of all of football. You know, and I'm wondering, like, where is it? Like, on one side, I'm watching Kyle Shanahan's first 15 look electric. And then I'm watching, you know, the, the, this other side of the ball, and they look like they can't get the ball to Cooper. They can't do what they want to do. They can't scheme the run game. And I'm thinking, D'Amico Ryans isn't getting any action as a head coaching candidate, yet Kellen Moore's talked about, like, Sid Gilman just came back <laughs> in, in Bill Walsh. So that was my first. And then the second reaction was how we, – we've said this before on, this, on the show constantly – how poorly – executing the do the Cowboys practice remember that's the question I keep asking do they practice you know because their execution is just horrible and when you have 14 penalties for and most of them were unforced errors yeah I mean most of them were unforced errors that how do you understand that you know and to me it, it, it's living proof that you can have a very talented team if you're not a well-coached team you're not going to win and you mentioned it. We always just talk about the box the next day. Take a look at penalties and turnovers. You're generally going to find the way. I mean, that is egregious, right? If you're talking McCarthy and you're just talking accountability, strip the ATS, strip straight, whatever. You, just now we get to the 14 penalties in a playoff game at home. That's ridiculous. Bad, but it happened all year, right? We knew they were penalized all year. He couldn't fix it, right? You know, and then when they played against good defenses, he couldn't really didn't have an answer for it. What disappointed me, and, and when you look back, and McCarthy had a bad day on that. I picked the Cowboys. I had a bad day. But where I think I miscalculated the outcome of the game 
was I didn't anticipate this 49 or 9 defensive lineman rotation that they had, even though Bosa got hurt midway through the third quarter, was going to be able to dominate this offensive line of the Cowboys. I mean, and they did. And they really did. And that was the difference in the game. I mean, I felt like, okay, you can, do, you, you can if you block them, you're going to be able to move the football. And clearly, Connor Williams couldn't block them. You know, and none of these guys, Collins couldn't block them. They struggled. Smith couldn't block them. And that was the difference in the game. And, you know, it was just a, a bunch of guys that just kept the wave of players that the 49ers put out there created more and more problems for them, even though they lost. I mean, Arden Key looked like a different player for the 49ers, you know, the Raider cast off. So I was very that, – that part of the handicapping of the game, and then I was really disappointed. There was no – I didn't think there was a very good game plan by the Cowboys offense to, to get their game going. They, they had an opportunity in the middle eight, right? They get the ball to end the half. They couldn't do anything with it. They got the ball to start the half. They couldn't do anything with it. Penalties. It, it just was one after another. The fact that they actually got the ball back late in the game and scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, to me, was somewhat of a miracle. The score is not indicative of how close the game was. It. Yeah, I, I would totally concur with that. And it did feel like there was a sense of – you know, I hate to say something as odd as this, but an energy on defense after the quick score from San Francisco, the turnaround, it's almost like they overwhelmed uh, Dallas. You know, that front, as you were talking about leading into the game, it just felt like they, were, they weren't prepared for it, that being the Cowboys at first. Yeah, I mean, and look, you know, they lose Warner in the game and Bosa, and they still come out and play well. Yeah. The speed of their defense was so impressive, and the fact that they were physical and they took control, and there was no run game. I mean, the Cowboys had no run game in there. You know, Zeke couldn't get going. I mean, you're paying all, if you're Jerry Jones and you're paying all this money to Zeke Elliott, and, and he basically, t- in a championship level game, a game you've got to win, and he's one of your highest paid players, and he touches the ball 13 times. And you still think this this coach who's calling plays is a genius? I mean, and, and I'm not trying to make this about Kellen Moore because I, I think the media is making it about Kellen Moore, how great he is. I'm just saying, show me where they utilize their mind to help these players. Show me. Yeah. I mean, Romo's talking about it becoming the next head coach. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I, I see no leadership. And then in the most important game against the team. Now, I saw it with the 49ers. I saw, I saw what, you know, what Kyle did on his first 15. I saw how Kyle schemed it up. How about the design of the play on third down where they were able to get the first down late in the game? I mean, how good was that? You know, utilizing yeah. his best players. I mean, Debo, Debo Samuel gets the ball. You know, he he's touches it 13 times. He's a receiver. He got it 13. He got it more than Zeke did, and Zeke's a back. Yeah, he just uses them so cleverly, that being Debo, and he, he's just a mismatch nightmare. Now, as far as there was a terrible pick, we understand, almost like we get that from Jimmy G. Outside of that, pretty impressed with him. I thought he played well. Look, I thought he did. I think the pick was horrible. I mean, he missed the receiver open. I thought the receiver was going to keep running, and I think he missed him. That was a bad throw. I think he had two bad throws in the game, and, you know, they, they, they know who they are with Jimmy G. You know, they know who they are. Made some really good third down throws, too. Exactly. I mean, look, in the game, they were 46% on third down. They're 6 for 13 on third down. Didn't have to go for it on fourth. So I I thought he played effectively efficient within what they asked him to do. 
you know, and, and he did make the one mistake on the overthrow, which was problematic, but, you know, they were able to overcome that. I mean, look, their, their ability to control the game with their front was somewhat really impressive. Now, I don't know if they can do it this week against Green Bay because I think Rodgers will be a little bit more of a challenge for them, but it was, it was impressive, Patrick. I thought it was really – it was a well yeah, done. and I, I totally agree. It just – it did feel like a mismatch, and we have fun with Kyle – but uh, it, it did feel like a bit of a mismatch just top to bottom as far as coaching, preparedness, urgency. You're at home. You're the Cowboys. You're at home. You've been waiting for yeah. this. I mean, there, the, the, the idea that it, there wasn't the urgency you expected was wild. It really was. I mean, like, I kept waiting for them. They're like, where's the plan? Yeah. Like, what are we trying to get done? You know, the, it wasn't that the, the 49ers are this complicated scheme that we don't really know what they're doing. Like, what is the plan here? Like, what are we trying to get done? Yeah, you fell apart. You fell behind 7 nothing in the game. Okay, that happens. You know, let's figure out what Kyle's going to do. But then you come out, and you, you barely can get a first down. You're running individual routes against them. I mean, to me, it was they're running this scheme, and you really, I don't think they, they were running beaters, which was really bothering me. They were running plays to beat the coverages, and they weren't attacking the systems within the coverages, which to me is an indictment of their offensive coordinator. I think he's an, a young coach who's learning how to coach they need to give him some time. Will he become a great coach? Maybe. But let's, let's put the brakes on. I thought it was a bad job by the Cowboy offense. And McCarthy's over there. He don't do anything but, but, but listen. He doesn't do anything but listen. And you and I both know. We can talk about the last play of the game. I don't know if McCarthy said it was. I, I read on Twitter it may not be right that his analytics department helped call. They work on it every They didn't work on it every day. If you worked on that play at the end of practice every Friday because that's what you're going to run, then the, 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 the offensive lineman is going to hand the ball to the official. Somebody's going to hand the ball to the official. He's going to run to him. They didn't do that. It was so, clearly not rehearsed. Yeah, and that's what I have to ask you about. So San Francisco 41-yard line, Michael, 14 seconds to go, no timeouts. The draw is called. Uh, they pick up 17 yards. Time runs out. Well, it, yeah, it, I mean. In the moment, it, did, you think it mean, was a, did you think it was a planned call? Did I thought it was think? a ridiculous call. I thought it was a ridiculous call. And Dak should have known to get down. After 10 yards, that's get down, right. let's go. You know, it's like, it, to me, it wasn't rehearsed. There was nothing scripted about it. It was as bad as, it was as bad as Derek Carr grounding. It was as bad as Derek Carr throwing the ball short of the end zone. Those were two really bad situational football plays that you should drill. And if you're the head coach and you don't call plays during the game and your mind is not on the offense, then you should be able to say in the headset, no, 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 I don't want this play here. No, throw it out. of. I don't want it. Like you're listening to the call. We will it was just, just yeah, to me, it, it was, was just another indictment of, of exactly what happens with the Cowboys. They're four and eleven over the since '96 in playoff games. You know they can't win. I mean, they can't win the games that they need to win, and their season goes right down the tubes. We'll discuss the 49ers headed to Green Bay. Set you up on the number here on the Lombardi line in just a little bit. Do have to ask you. As uh, Don, Don Corleone calls in, I do have to ask Sorry. you. No, that's fine. I have to ask you. Um, he's enigmatic, Jerry Jones. He's he's been, he's been a treasure for the league just because the entertainment value and bringing attention to the league. He also likes who he likes. Remember when he blocked? I think it was Jason Garrett. Didn't he block Garrett from going to the Ravens? Um, no, he didn't block him. He he basically gave Garrett a contract that assured him he was going to okay. become the head coach. Gotcha. He did the same thing with 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 us uh, when we tried to hire Sean Payton as the head coach of the Raiders, which yeah. we did. 
we tried to hire him and, and he basically, he and Parcells arranged it that so Sean got paid a ton of money and didn't leave. Okay, coming back, I'm going to ask you uh, if you believe that Kellen Moore fits in that Garrett mold and if he's going to do something here with McCarthy. And we got to get to, uh, obviously, the two other games. It was, it was, late night was exactly what you uh, suggested it was going to be. A bit wasteful by the time we got the second mm -hmm. half in Kansas City. Uh, quickly on the numbers, and we'll come back and get Michael's thoughts on the other two yesterday. Wildcard weekend continues. So we take a look right now. Arizona, L.A. tonight, it's up to three and a half, 49 and a half, the total. Rest of the way, Cincinnati, Tennessee, divisional round, up to three and a half off the three opener. San Francisco, Green Bay, four and a half, up to five and a half off the opener of four and a half. And Buffalo, Kansas City, two and a half, that down to two at a couple of shops. We'll get Michael's take on that and more as we continue just getting started here on this MLK edition of the Lombardi Line as we close out Wildcard Weekend in L.A. tonight. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, of course, the playoff season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options. You can go in-game with the betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino here on the Strip, and you're ready to bet within minutes. you got to be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we got you back here. MLK Day. Hope you have. Hope you had a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Veasan Studios here at the South Point. He's Michael Lombardi, of course. Um, four tonight, down to three and a half. Michael, we'll get to that in just a little bit. We've got Thomas and Will joining. Forty nine and a half, kind of frozen at a couple of books. Fifty at a couple others. Just quickly to put a bow on the Dallas conversation. Um, you know him, well, and I love the quote about Jerry. He could talk a cat off a fish truck. <laughs> he could talk. Mm -hmm. That is, any thoughts on him potentially making a move with McCarthy? 
You know, I, I don't I don't think so. But look, we've talked about this yesterday on the show, how Sean Payton is kind of not sure whether he's 100 percent coming back. I think there's some he has one more year left on the Saints contract. You know, I know there's a great love affair between Jerry, the Jones family and Sean Payton. Could that marriage ever occur? I don't know. You know, do I think Jerry would do something to uh, maybe keep Dan Quinn from leaving? I doubt that. You know, I think he's got candidates. He could bring Zimmer back as his defense coordinator. He's got uh, Joe Witt there on the staff. He's got George Edwards on the staff. All of them know the system, so maybe he would go in that direction. And, you know, but offensively, I don't think he has anybody there trained to be able to run the offense if, in fact, somebody were to hire Kellen Moore, which I would be surprised if that occurred. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think Jerry is 79, and at 79, sometimes you say, you know what, I need to do this. And if Sean was available, that might change his mind, I think, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you could tell – it's so funny. You know, they've been focusing on him for years in that owner's box. It's living – he lives and die with it. I mean, he's, he, he's, on a, he's hanging on every play. So you do wonder if, like you said, at an advanced age – if it finally catches up to him, he's like, you know what? Screw it. If this isn't going to work, I'm going to make. He didn't. He wasn't committal. He wasn't committed exactly to McCarthy after the game. But you know, he's still boiling a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he. I mean, look. The, the, you know, there's nothing worse than the the winner. You know, losing and your season's over. And there's people put a microphone in front of you and you ask you to start reflecting about the year and about what are you going to do next. Nobody really knows. I mean, I think the, to me, where I would be concerned as a Cowboy fan is the judgment that the Cowboys used to determine why they won or why they lost. Like, this wasn't on the officials. This was on them. This wasn't on the last play of the game. This is on them. Like, you know, Dak saying that he was happy the fans were throwing stuff at the officials, to me, just lends itself that they're just in the excuse business. They're never going to get better. And why should I think they are? Because since, you know, Jimmy left and Barry took over that team, they really haven't been a strong culture that, that looks and absorbs inside internally and, and, and focuses on what they need to fix. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that's the biggest concern. Yeah, I know. And it's well put. We shall see what happens with the Cowboys moving forward. But those still left in the dance. And again, that was the one cover, an outright winner for San Francisco as a dog on the road. Favorites went 2-1 and one straight up in ATS yesterday. The unders cashed at 2-1. to one. Now, the... I, was Tampa where how would you grade the Tampa for performance and we'll get to it obviously a cover 31 15 over the Eagles we'll get to the Eagles in a second but how would you grade Tampa coming out of that matchup I think they did exactly what they had to do I think they played their they 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 did a a great job defensively of making the other team play left-handed. They play playoff football. They made their opponent play left-handed, and they took advantage of a defense that really couldn't disguise or, even though he had four sacks in the game, make Brady feel uncomfortable. And then they played from in front. They played complementary, which then forced the Eagles out of their passing game, out of their running game, and forced the pressure to be on Jalen Hurts to do something, and, and ultimately it played right in their favor. I thought they played the perfect complementary game. Do I think they play their best football? No, by, by no means. But they played good enough. they got to keep that line healthy. I think putting Wurfs back on the field was ridiculous. I don't know who would let him go back out there. The guy couldn't move, mm -mm. you know. And so, but other than that, I think Brady was effective. He, Gannon never really created any problems for him with his pressure. They went after it. They, anytime they needed to make a play, they knew where they were going to go. He threw eight incompletions. Remember, he the, against against the good quarterbacks in the league, and, and, and this is Carr, Herbert, Prescott, 
Mahomes and Brady. Those five games during the season before this game, the, the Eagles only only had the ball was only on the ground 28 times in those games. This defense didn't make plays against the passing game, and their front, even though they got four sacks, really didn't disrupt anything. I, I think if you point to something, you'd point to that third down efficiency for Tampa Bay to clean up just four of 13. They were 0 for 1 on fourth down. But, you know, the positives, Evans looking healthy, right? He, he certainly looked he, he looked good and were able to run the ball. It's the Eagles now we switch, and then we'll get to the, uh, the matchup coming up next weekend. The Eagles, and, and I saw you did a radio hit earlier today about Jalen Hurts. Is, are we going to finally put this to rest, or where do we move on from here well, at the quarterback I, position? I mean, the Eagles are 0-7 against teams, good teams this year, right? And yes. their point differential in those games was minus 96, right? Mm-hmm. Minus 96. So does this offense work? I mean, yeah, I know Philly fans want to run the football, but it's a passing league and you've got to throw the ball. And you can beat a bad New York Giant team. You can beat a bad Washington team. You can beat a bad, you, you know, uh, some of these at the Jets, you know, but if you've got to beat really good teams with quarterbacks, if you want to beat the elite of the NFC, you're going to have to have a passer that can make plays. And so if you bring Hertz back, you're, you got to go down the Hertz alley. I mean, even Aikman was saying it yesterday on the, on the, uh, on the broadcast that there's no sense of rhythm or timing to Hertz. He has to see you open before he can throw it. It's what I've been saying for two years now. And so all that is, and he has to work into a playoff atmosphere, a a play-action atmosphere where he's faking it and throwing it. That doesn't work. And as the level of comp rises and you get the better coaches, Todd Bowles, to me, made a statement. I mean, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He took away their best options. And there was no, the Eagles had no answer. They played left-handed and they couldn't go back to their right. So for, for me, Philly was the beneficiary of a very soft schedule an offense that created problems against that. But when they had to throw the ball, they couldn't. Yeah, 0-6 heading into the game against playoff teams. We discussed it yesterday on the Lombardi line, a 31-15 winner. They do cover uh, the 7, the 47. And I, the, the question I have for it now, the big question everybody wants to know is, have they, are they deluded and still probably planning their Broad Street a parade, or are they going to shut it down? <laughs> like, well, are they sweeping I mean, up? you know, the – well, I think that the whole thing got – the apple cart got turned upside down by the Barnett penalty. I mean, they would have won the game had it been not for that's the right. Barnett, you know, Good a point. rough in the passer penalty. I'm sure that that's the reason why the parade has to get canceled. But, you right. know, look, I mean, Barnett, how about him trying to go after Brady later in the game? Like, at some point, play smart. You know, like, don't be – I mean, look, I think it was a little bit of an iffy call. But he went low, and they're going to call that stuff in the playoffs. I mean, look, the, the call against the Bengals on the last drive, that pass interference call, that was atrocious. I think we spend way too much time talking about the officials. I mean, did, did the Booger, Boger crew do a good job? Absolutely not. You know, was, did, did, did they miss spot the ball in the Dallas game? That's really just – that's window dressing. That's window dressing on the reality of how bad Dallas was. You know, like we're just using that as an excuse and Dak perpetuating that myth. Oh, I'm glad the fans threw stuff. It wasn't it wasn't the referees why they lost the game it was it, because some of those penalties they called. They had a call when you false start. What do you want them to do? Ignore it. <laughs> right. We uh, we can't peek ahead to a number here with Tampa Bay because they await the winner, of course, of tonight's final wild card matchup between Los Angeles hosting Arizona. I, if, if you were to 
Uh, can I just ask you about Arians? Like, is he unhinged? Like, what's going on with it? Like, dude, you can't well, just be I, smacking. I people thought in the that head was clown. real. Yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, he presents the Fox odd. came back to it later. Yeah, I mean, what was he doing? What did that? Ki- I didn't know. Like, nobody really explained why he was in that kind of mindset. You know, right? I mean, his team's a little undisciplined. Let's face it. The Carlton Davis. I mean, when he takes his helmet off. But I liked what I saw there. Is to me, Bowles went right over and he handled it. I mean, Bowles had no problem handling that. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, it seemed to me like he was saying, hey, wake up, you know, don't do something stupid. But it's like there's other ways to accomplish that than smacking somebody in the head. I mean, you can't. Yeah. It's just he seems – he comes across a little unhinged at times. So, uh, Eddie, in just a minute here, any thoughts on potentially if the Bucks, if you gave them true serum, the Rams or the Cards, is there somebody they would prefer? I would think they would probably prefer to play the cards. You know, I mean, I think that they they could feel like they could move the ball, take advantage of their secondary, you know. But, I mean, look, they, they know they have to play better than they did yesterday, but they played well enough to get through a game, and they fought their way through it. And, they, and Brady was sensational with his ability to handle it and know what the, exactly what the Eagles were doing on every single play. Yeah, that three-headed monster for the Bucks at running back. You feel, Excuse me, for the cards at running back. You feel like – Bulls feels comfortable stacking up against the run. So we shall see. No tonight, doubt. T- tonight is going to be uh, – I think we're going to get saved by tonight, man. I think I think tonight's yep. going to be a barn burner. It's, it feels like something's bubbling I here. hope so. Yeah, <laughs> right? The doggies got to – at some point, they got to bark a little bit this weekend, right? Yeah, we had, of course, a split uh, during the season series of these NFC West foes, both winning – well, first off, the, the Cardinals don't win at home. So <laughs> that's something to be said for that. So they're headed to Los Angeles. We'll get to that next with Thomas Gable and see how the book did there in Atlantic City at the Borgata. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSIN has a great new offer to help make this year your best as a better. Remember, this is the big game, big dance. So it's the college hoops and the NFL through April 5th, only 69 bucks. So for the NFL, you're going to get our big game betting guide, which you know what that is. The college hoops betting guide, daily best bet emails, 24 seven video access, betting splits. I mean, it's all there. VSIN.com slash big deal. It's a great deal for under 60, what? Under 70 bucks, $69. VSIN.com slash big deal. That's VSIN.com slash big deal. Okay. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Las Vegas, we head out to Jersey, Atlantic City in particular, and say hi to Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book. We say hi, Thomas, and how did you do yesterday there at the book? Hey, guys, how you doing? And thank you for Wichita State and the under, which cashed. It wasn't an official yeah. Des Moines play, but congratulations, Thomas. Yeah. No, congratulations to you if you uh, if you had that. <laughs> I did. So good job. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> Just giving out, giving out tips no. left and right. Love it. It's Halloween all the time with Thomas Gable. <laughs> Wait till the tricks start coming now. Not yeah, exactly. the tricks. All right. No, yesterday was a decent day uh, for us. Uh, the first two games uh, definitely went our way. It started the Eagles Tampa game. Um, you know, when we did the show yesterday, I said we needed some more Eagles money, and we got it. We we got a lot of Eagles money late. Uh, so we we definitely had a decision in that. And uh, the Buccaneers uh, cruising to that victory, never in doubt. And um, you know that was that was very good uh, for us. The only thing that really ended up uh, being in, in doubt, I guess, was that total. Um, the total really came into play. 
and there could have been a six-figure swing for for us uh, had that total gone over. Uh, but luckily, um, Tampa was able to to run out the clock there at the end for us. And then the the Niners and Cowboys was also a good result. Uh, we we that was uh, we had a hundred thousand dollar bet come in on the Cowboys money line, and wow. um, we so. Good result for the house in that one. Not so much in the late game with the uh, Steelers and Chiefs. Uh, people were certainly piling on to uh, the Chiefs, and uh, we figured as much. You know, people chasing uh, their losses from earlier in the day, and you know, at least they got some money back there um, uh, at last night. But uh, yeah, overall, though, good result for for the house. Yeah, well, I mean, I would think so. I mean, you know, with that that uh, eagle game, I you know everybody was waiting to see if Bruce Arian was going to kick the field goal there, you know, which would have put you over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yep. was the that yep. that was the most compelling part of that game in the fourth quarter was, well, is he going to? Is he going to? Because it kicks that number in, and when the two point play worked, you got a little nervous, I bet, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean that, and the fact that. You know, it, when in garbage time, that's when Jalen Hurts seems to show up and do his damage, right? I mean, there was there there was really no chance of that game going over until you know garbage time, and then Jalen Hurts decides, hey, all right, well let's uh, we we'll move the ball now, and uh, yeah. they, the Eagles put a couple points up. But that's you know, you know, at some point, I thought earlier they should have went to Minshew uh, and and pulled Hurts, but uh, they stuck with him and. Um, you know, we see the result there, but I don't. I don't know what's going to happen to that Philly team here uh, for next year. If they're going to stick with Hurts, or I think they have to go elsewhere. Sad day for your Eagles, Thomas. Not my Eagles. <laughs> Not my Eagles. I'm just joking. Did you? Did the over get hammered late with people chasing in Kansas City? The total didn't really move in that at all. It it opened forty six and a half and it closed forty six and a half. The the decision was really on the side, um, so um, not so much. You know, we didn't. There was no real decision on on the total in that late game. It was just uh, all Chiefs money though on the side, and um, it was uh, obviously they were able to cover that uh, the bigger number. They were the biggest point spread favorite uh, of any game. Uh, this weekend, so and they were able to cover, so good for them. But now they're set up uh, against the the Bills uh, rematch against the Bills for next Sunday, so that should be a good one. Yeah, let, let's let's before we get to tonight's game, let's focus on what we can talk about. The three, it, who's coming in the book today? At what number in the game are they taking these early bets on these games on divisional weekend? Is there a game that just seems like the number may be a little bit off that people are jumping on? So the the only movement we've seen uh, so far is in the Packers and Niners game. The, the Packers opened as four and a half point favorites. They're now five and a half point favorites, and that's where the early money is going on the Packers, uh, laying the five and a half, laying the four and a half. Um, the the Titans Bengals we opened that three and a half. That's that's probably going to go between three and a half and three. I would assume probably most of the week uh, that'll bounce back and forth. And then the, the Bills and Chiefs, same thing. The Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, you'll probably see that number go between two-and-a-half and three. You know, you lay the two-and-a-half, and then when it gets to three, you'll see some Bills money come back and take in the three. Rubber match tonight, Thomas, uh, Arizona, Los Angeles. So where'd you open? Where are you sitting? And do you have liability here in Los Angeles? 
So currently three and a half uh, Rams are favored by three and a half, and the total is forty nine and a half. We opened this uh, Rams as four and a half point favorites. The the total has come down. Uh, we opened that fifty and a half. The liability actually sits on the under here for us. Uh, we we, um, we we were getting hit on the under, uh, so that has come down to forty nine and a half. The the side though is very very balanced action uh, between these two teams, and you know. As you said, it's a rubber match. They split the uh, the regular season meetings. Uh, road team won both in both of those occasions, and Arizona has been a very good road team this season. They've, they're eight and one on the year, um, and you know, seen the Rams struggle at home. So the trends are setting up nicely for Arizona here. Uh, obviously, Arizona finished four and six in their last ten games after that seven and zero start, and. Um, in their last five games, they've also struggled against the pass. Uh, opponents are completing 62.3% of their passes, 15 yards or longer. So Stafford, you know, again, that trend there, Stafford has, uh, he can certainly take some shots downfield with those dangerous Rams receivers. Uh, we'll see if he's able to take advantage of that. Uh, but it, overall, the trends do seem to be lining up nicely for Arizona. Yeah, no doubt, and I think you're right. I mean, if Chandler Jones doesn't have a huge day, they say J.J. Watt will be activated. We'll see if he can make any kind of impact. But, I mean, that's the game, right? I mean, I think they have got – we know the cards can't cover in the back end, but they've got to be able to generate turnovers or generate pressure from their front, and it really falls on Chandler Jones against Andre Whitworth or if they move him over to the other side against Haverstein to see if they can do that, to put some pressure on Stafford to make those mistakes. So you're going to need the oh, – I just – I'm so fascinated how the markets changed from, what, 12, 15 years ago? With, I mean, you'd go into a standalone like this tonight, and everybody would be on the over. I mean, you'd have some sharp money on the under. You would think so. But it, I, yeah. it's just the, yeah. the markets evolved, and maybe VEASAN has something to do with that, a more sophisticated yep. market. The idea that you, you've got underliability between the Rams and Arizona is – you know, two offensive head coaches well, is pretty fascinating, Thomas. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll say this, I'll say this Patrick, for, for where we sit with that total. Uh, when you look at the ticket count on the total, the, the ticket count on the over is outnumbering the under by almost three to one. Um, but there's more money on the under, and that's due to the respected money that's, that was hitting the under. So um, you're right in the sense that the public uh, is going to be betting the over in this, uh, but the respected money's on the under. Uh, so there certainly has been some market evolution there, and people are getting smarter as time goes by. And, um, you know, it's just going to be up to us to adjust to that. Are you busy today with the basketball on MLK Day? Oh, yeah. So a lot of games going on, and uh, we already have uh, one college uh, basketball game happening, and then uh, Pelicans and Celtics are tipping off in, I think, about two minutes from now. That's right. And then uh, – your uh, your Sixers, Michael, three and a half point favorites over the Wizards on the road today. Two ten local <laughs> yeah, and start. My, and my Heat are three and a half point favorite against the Raptors at home tonight down in Miami. So yeah, we'll get it going. Yeah, see. yeah. I was going to yeah. say correction. His Heat are hosting Toronto tonight. 
Thomas. Thank you very much. Get it, Thank you very get, much. Get, get it straight over there. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I keep forgetting that the Sixers have been sworn off. <laughs> I wonder, is anybody going to change the channel who watching the Sun Spurs or the Thunder and the Mavericks tonight? Uh, are they going to put the football game on or are they going to watch that Thunder Mavericks game. What do you think? What do you think, Patrick Thomas? I, I think you probably have a big number on the Rams in Arizona. Mike, that would be my. <laughs> that would so be too. my. My assumption. My assumption is the Shield will continue to dominate and pummel all yes. in its path. Um, so yes, no just. Doubt. So, so just a, a, a forty-second recap. A pretty good weekend for the books in Atlantic City there at the Borgata. In football, yeah, I can't say the same for uh, for basketball. We didn't put in a whole very well in basketball, but yeah, in football, we we definitely had a decent weekend. And also remember, when Thomas is giving out those Des Moines plays, he always goes under the radar so he can limit it, because he knows that people are going to come in and play and play his play. I, I mean, people are waiting for it. People can, are waiting for his picks. They know. They you know they know. You could throw a quick limit on Wichita State under. I know that, Thomas. All right, buddy. Good luck today. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Thomas. All right. Thank you, guys. Racing Sportsbook Director at the Borgata, who's been red hot, white hot in college hoops. Coming back with Will Hill next here on the Lombardi Line. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the offer continues over at BetMGM with the playoffs, of course. 10 bucks tonight if either the Rams or the Cardinals score a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks off that $10 investment. $200 paid for in free bets. You have to use the bonus code VSEN200. So download the app or go to betmgm.com. Again, use that bonus code VSEN200 to get the free 200 bucks for new bettors. It is, uh, and you also get rewards uh, at M Life. So again, MGM Resorts all over. If you bet through the app and through the website, free bets expire seven days from issuance. P please gamble responsibly, and if you do have a problem, it's one eight hundred Gambler. 
Okay, of course, we've got, uh, as we close out uh, wildcard weekend tonight, Arizona at Los Angeles that opened four. It's down to three and a half. You heard Thomas Gable at in Atlantic City, maybe a little under liability for them there at that book, 49 and a half. I got a couple of books at 50, but mostly Michael, uh, Michael Lombardi, of course, 49 and a half. So we bring in our buddy, Will Hill. You can find Will's podcast, beeson.com slash podcast, New York City cast. And it's two and one uh, straight up ATS for the favorites yesterday. Two and one to the under. Take your pick of the three and let's go. What, what are your thoughts on what we saw yesterday transpire? You know, we're so results oriented. Uh, people are going to kill McCarthy and rightfully so. I thought Shanahan coached a terrible, terrible game. Now his offense is beautiful. He really designs just incredible plays. But he's like a gourmet chef who cooks this beautiful meal, but he contaminates it because he doesn't wash his hands. I mean, field goal on fourth and one, the punt on fourth and one, not being ready for the fake punt, I thought was really bad. I mean, he did everything he could to let the Cowboys hang around. And even late in the game, you know, Garoppolo sneaks it, but they get a false start because they have guys in motion. Why do you need somebody in motion in that spot? Just, you know, everyone stand still, plunge forward, end the game. I, I thought... I hate to say, you know what, if Sam Fran blew that game, I would have a hard time bringing him back. He coached, I thought, a really bad game. Uh, and I thought it was just really coaching malpractice on both sides. I'm gonna get in trouble I mean, I don't one. agree. Yeah, you're going to. I mean, I think he was – I think his team was – he took the points. His, he was watching the game. He saw that they weren't moving the ball on his defense, so he took the points. I think the, the fake punt – all that indictment is a legitimate. Yeah. He should have known it. I tweeted out, you can't punt. I think there's certainly criticism there. But I think his design, I think he watched the flow of the game. I think he played to the strength of the game. He didn't want to give them some life. And frankly, you know, on the fourth and one, I was with you. I would have gone for it. He was going to go for it. I think he wanted a shift in motion to try to get them to shift and move their line to make the sneak a little better. However, that being said, when he punted it back, I really wasn't worried that they were going to come back in the game. They didn't have enough time. So, I mean, look, I think sometimes we have a hard time. McCarthy was coaching malpractice. I don't see it at all on Shanahan. I just thought you're getting seven yards per play. All these fourth and ones. I mean, you're up 10 nothing at the 22-yard line, fourth and one. You get you get up 17 there. The game's pretty much over. You're going to pretty much deliver the knockout punch. I just liked his offense enough where I thought he could get the yard. Uh, and I thought late in the game from plus territory, punting the ball back there for field position. I mean, it took two, Dallas two plays to get back in the field position. I would have just gone for the kill. That's just me. What yeah, would you but, have done but, there, you Michael? Know, well, we, well, what we said, a fourth and one, I was on that. I would have sneaked it. I would have punted it because I'm watching the game. You know, it's funny. We, when, when Garoppolo throws an interception, we rip him for throwing the interception. But if we go for it on fourth and don't get it, we won't rip that call because it's being aggressive. Like, you're turning the ball over in both instances, you know, and I think he took the points. I would have, uh, to me, that was a game that I was watching that I thought that, that the Cowboys weren't blocking them up front, and it was creating huge problems for Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys were just mismanaging the game. And why should Shanahan put his chips in the mismanagement table? Take the points and keep moving on. I, look, I think there's times to be aggressive. It's going to probably have to happen up at Green Bay. But I don't think that was the time. I can agree with Will, and I think you did concur with Will. It was such an egregious spot to punt there for the Cowboys to not be prepared for that fake punt was wild. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, mean, that I was, agree with that. And you did tweet. For you, them you to said get away with that, yeah, was, that, that tweet, like you can't, be, you can't be punting there. So for Shanahan, he has to immediately, I don't care if you have to call a timeout, get prepared. They're not, like that's, that's an egregious spot to punt. 
And there's no yeah, pass I, interference I on fake that. punts. You can just hold the receivers. If you That's get right. a holding on a punt call, who cares? You get the ball. There's no pass interference. So just maul the receivers. You can't be that unprepared for it. I thought that was a bad job. I do. I, I agree with that completely. I completely agree with you on that. Let's take a second and just recognize how wonderful Will Hill's connection is today. And that brings me joy. It, it is. You, <laughs> you, are, you are crystal clear. We can hear you. It's wonderful. The Okay, so if I hurt your frustrations and your grievances with Shanahan, does that mean you're fading them? We'll take a quick look uh, to Green Bay next week, coming up here in a few days, actually. It's up to five and a half with Green Bay laying it. Oh, no, I love them. I've got them to win the NFC. I got them versus the Bills in the Super Bowl, 60 to 1. I got them versus the Bengals, 125 to 1 in the Super Bowl. I like them. I think they're live. Now, it worries me. I got to see what happens, you know, with with, uh, Warner and Bosa. Uh, If you're starting to lose pass rushers, that's an issue. I do think their secondary is an issue. I'm surprised Dallas. I thought Dak played terribly because if you can block their guys, which they had a hard time doing, you should be able to cut up that secondary. That being said, I think their run game will give Green Bay a lot of issues. Uh, I think San Francisco is very much live in this game. I think they're really good. I, I do, too. And, and you know what's amazing about San Francisco? And, Will, you texted me this yesterday at the same time somebody – literally at the exact same time somebody else texted me the same contact, uh, thing. How good would the Niners be if they would have utilized the third pick on, a, on, on Makai <laughs> Parsons or, or, you know, like so somebody true. else? So you know, true. like I know they want to I know they want to run uh, Garoppolo out of town, but, I mean, this team's playing without a draft pick this year. So true. And – Elijah Mitchell Poppin, that is not a surprise. Debo Samuel running the ball, not a surprise. Orlandis Gary, anyone? They can run on any. This Shanahan's can run on anybody. It doesn't matter. No, they can. No, they really can. So, and and look, Hasty's a good little back too. Hasty's a little good. He's something. He comes in. He's good on third down. I mean, look, they do a good job of player development. And, and the other thing I thought, too, was important in this game is their, their offensive line, which I am very critical of at times. I thought they held up pretty good against the Cowboys. Yeah, and they're getting – they're coaching up Ayuk. He's making he's, – he's starting to make some um, – and also, they used to the use check is like how many other just pure fullbacks are being used? They leave it to the Shanahan's to do it, but they use them effectively. Will use check is uh, no. he, he's used very effectively. Yeah, one thing that concerns me though, I don't know if Kittle's healthy. To me, at times yesterday, he didn't look off. healthy. I don't know if you know anything off. about this, Lombardi. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think – I mean, I, there wasn't a – I didn't think Quinn was taking him out of the game, so I tend to believe he wasn't 100%, you know, I, because I didn't see them doubling him or bracketing him or saying, okay, they're not getting the ball here, you know, and I, I think there could be – he maybe wasn't 100%. I think you're right, though. I think before you play San Francisco, the Warner injury is critical. They need him in there, and he was almost ready to come back, which is a good thing. I thought he tore his ACL initially because he was holding his knee that it was an ankle. And then Bosa's got to go through the con- concussion protocol. Hopefully he can do that and get back on the field. Absolutely. Um, okay, Will, uh, we've got about three minutes. So let's start with tonight, and we can circle back if we missed anything. Arizona and Los Angeles, a four opener, as you know, down to three and a half. Rubber match here, 49 and a half on the total. Yeah, I had a good weekend. I'm not crazy about giving some of the winnings back on this game. This is to me is the most confusing game. I'm down on the Cardinals. I'm equally down on the Rams. Stafford's been terrible. Uh, My lean here would just be take the points when in doubt, take the points. The one thing about Stafford, you can't really blitz him. He's smart enough. He's savvy enough to, if you blitz him, uh, he's going to carve you up. If you're Arizona, you got to get pressure without blitzing. Maybe Watt helps that. Like I said, both teams have been really bad down the stretch. When in doubt, take the points. Uh, I think you do have to point out that McVay has owned Arizona, owned Kingsbury. 
Uh, lean here would be Arizona, but it's a slight lean to me. This is, uh, if you're going to pass one game, this would be the pass. I don't have a great feel for this game. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is, I mean, he does have a beat him, but, you know, when, when they we played in week four, I thought it was the best moment we saw the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals turned him over uh, twice in the game. They really, even though the, Card- even though the Cardinals gave up 401 yards, it was kind of a junkyard. So I'm with you. I don't trust this Cardinals secondary, but then I don't trust Stafford either. You know, I mean, 20 to 10 against Seattle in that game on Tuesday night. You know, that that was one of those where they should have played better. Like they should have been able to just run Seattle off the road and they really couldn't do it. And then, they, you know, they couldn't run Baltimore off the road. Like I'm just worried about the past month. Are they going to be good enough? And can they help? And can they handle the passing game? To me, it's all about Murray. Murray's got to be the guy that they hoped he was, the guy he was earlier in the season. The books opened Buffalo and Kansas City at that fascinating two and a half and they wanted to see what the market was going to do right will and the market says give us buffalo most books are down to two now yeah yeah i mean there's a reason only johnny vandermeer is the only guy to throw back-to-back no hitters i'd worry if you're buffalo it's hard to play that great that perfect two weeks in a row my initial lean would be kansas city i'll have to look at it more uh last year in the title game Allen did not play great they kind of played zone they got pressure uh, up front and they played zone behind the pressure Allen threw the ball all over the yard if you can pressure Allen. He's not the same player. His mechanics start to break down a little bit. My lean here would be the Chiefs. To me, this is like a Final Four caliber game getting in the second round. This is a great game. I'm so excited for this one. Yeah, I can't wait either. Yeah, I thought Allen was bad last last year in that game. Yeah. It, brilliant this past weekend, obviously. Will Hill, New York City cast, vcin.com slash podcast. Thank you, buddy. Enjoy it tonight. Thanks, Will. I hope Appreciate I'm not you. in trouble. See you guys. See ya. <laughs> no, no, no not at all. I just, I'll text Kyle and let him know that you think he's horrible. I will. I'll tell, tell Give you. Give him my number. Give him my number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we come back. We got tonight to get into. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 